the Koivig part. For me, it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you, you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Larry Berg, good morning to you. <laughs> morning, lads. How are you getting on? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm just after seeing a piece of breaking news come out from Morris Brosnan in the Irish Examiner and probably more bad news for the Ladies Football Championship this summer and talk about the AFLW. So there's six days that clubs have got time to sign international players before the window closes. And Neve McLaughlin, the current player of the year, the Donegal star, looks like she's about to sign for the Gold Coast Sun. So she's heading to Queensland. Would have previously played in the Women's Super League with Newcastle and Sunderland. So uh, no great surprise that she's looking at playing in a multi-code of sports but pretty talented uh, these annoying be, people who's yeah, good well, at everything yeah, yeah. Uh, but a, a huge blow for Donegal going into the summer and also to lose the current player of the year. So you have Vicky Wall, who's already in North Melbourne, who was the player of the year the year before. But it's understood that she will be back uh, to play for Mead later on in the summer. And the other one that's being reported currently uh, by Morris is the possibility of Leash's best player from the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship last year, Aaron Fitzpatrick, uh, who is being scouted by quite a few clubs, it seems. But Morris is reporting uh, that Carlton want to get her signing done uh, before the end of the trade block on March the 20th. So six days left uh, for Aaron Fitzpatrick to make a decision. But she was nominated for uh, Player of the Year in the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship last year. So it looks like two of the stars of last summer are on their way to Australia for the coming season. It's not great, is it? I mean, if the Ballon d'Or winner two years in a row went off and started playing cricket or something, you'd be like, well, what's going on here? I disagree. I think it's amazing for them. It's a, oh, it's a great opportunity for them, yeah, personally. And I, think, I actually think it's great for sport generally to have this. Like, They're all going to come back at some point and they're going to come back with like a completely different sense of culture and professionalism and I like I don't think it's a bad thing I think that we get very precious about oh these GA players imagine them going off to Australia and having a good time and seeing the world who the hell do they think they are this is terrible for us I'm it, like no it's bad for the game selfishly well, like whatever. for, for but the, sure, year. the game will improve like the game isn't that fragile that it can't take a few people going off and having a bit of crack is it? No, and like I think the Gaelic football the survived a couple of years of Jack McCaffrey like being a doctor. Yeah, didn't it? It, 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 it's, what's the difference? There though, what, what's what, the what, difference? Well, Jack McCaffrey not being there is the difference. But like, and so I don't know. I think we get very precious about this. Same way we get precious about anybody calling us a bunch of drunks and then Matt Hansen saying <laughs> we are we are a bunch of drunks. Paddy Wackery, yeah. Do you know? <laughs> That's my instinct on this: is go off and have the crack and come back and tell us all about it and we'll all pay a bit more attention now to this than we would have in the first place that's my my instinct by the way with the Saturday Night Live sketch was not to get offended by it but it was just shit that, well, look, yeah it was a bad sketch I think I think, I think everybody can agree with that <laughs> right your power rankings have so far proven to be uncontroversial is that fair largely well, like 
Well, one round in, it's very difficult to be controversial. Like, you, unless you decide to do something totally crazy and go, you know what? Actually, if I haven't been that impressed by Limerick so far, let's put them down in 17. So, unless you're, <laughs> you know, going for a hot take on this, I think you'll be okay in round one. Round two is when people start going, you know, we have four rounds now at this stage, and even if teams are doing heavy blocks of training, and even if teams are maybe putting out, you know, second string sides and trying players out currently, we've got enough evidence maybe to now kind of look towards the championship and say, all right, I think we've a fair idea where they settle but as you see when we get into I think particularly from teams seven to about three it looks at this stage even very early on almost impossible to call who is coming out of the Munster Championship alongside Limerick at this stage yeah it is and that's why it's going to be really great I think the injuries that Waterford have been having Mm. look maybe all those players will miraculously heal in the meantime you know, this isn't this isn't the NFL where there are repercussions if your injuries heal or take longer than uh, is officially communicated. So let, let's get into this, right? We're starting. Yeah. Derry at 18, Down at 17, Carlo at 16, Kerry at 15, Kildare at 14, finally, and Offaly at 13. But we're coming for Offaly. That's the yeah, well, look, Kildare could reverse that for the next uh, set of the power rankings because Kildare are already guaranteed at this stage, Jarrah, of at least a home semi-final. They're top of the table currently. So if they were to beat Offaly away from home uh, this Sunday, that would mean that Kildare would go directly to the final in Division 2A. If they lose, they know they'll play a Kerry team who they've already beaten at home in the semi-final, most likely. So there's not a huge amount on the line on Sunday, except for the fact that whoever wins that game between Offaly and Kildare will be guaranteed an extra week's rest before the Division 2A final. And unlike Division 1, where teams have been mixing and matching their sides a little bit, you have no option in 2A but to go for every single game because promotion's on the line and only one team is going to be promoted at the end of this. So Kildare, very impressive. Huge win for them against Kerry at the weekend. Unbeaten so far, top of the table currently on scoring difference and if it's not this season I get the feeling that Kerry or that Kildare will go up over the next couple of years anyway and no no moment, it's, it's now it's now Will our time is now well to go from the Christie Ring Championship a championship to go into Division 1 the Hurling League would be remarkable with the upper trend that Kildare are on currently and this is a huge opportunity for them I think for Hurling as much as I want to see selfishly from a biased point of view awfully get promoted this season it'd be big for Hurling to have another team at the top table in Division 1 if Kildare were to get promoted over the next little while Kerry obviously would be disappointed they're the fallers at the moment down to 15 they've suffered back-to-back defeats against their promotion rivals in Offaly and Kildare either side of the break but Kerry still have the opportunity if they win on Sunday where they could finish up in third place it just looks like it's going to be a longer route for the Kingdom uh, to get into the Division 2A final but they want to miss out two years in their own promotion it would be very disappointing for them if they don't get to at least the final in Division 2A There's not much between these teams mm. at, at that level but I, like the job that David Hardy is doing is, is astonishing and it would be really important for Kildare to keep him for the uh, medium term um, but I can imagine that other bigger counties more established counties at the top tier are going this guy's really good isn't he <laughs> yeah, it, it helps that he talks a good game as well like any time that we have him on the show I think Harity always has insights that you probably don't think about and the way he probably thinks about it from a different perspective as many of the pundits who are out there right now because he's really good at kind of seeing things as a goalkeeper maybe throughout his career they've got a, a very wide view of what's happening on the pitch and I always think Harity is a good listen which helps as well on top of what's been backed up on the pitch with what Kildare have been doing I mean it's been very well documented Nace winning the All-Ireland Intermediate Club uh, the year before last and getting a win in the Senior Championship against Shinron in the season just gone by. Those players are backbone 
backboning the Kildare team right now. Some very good young players and good young dual players who are coming through in Kildare in the school system currently. So there is that feeling that there's a conveyor belt of talent and that this isn't just one group of Kildare hurlers right now who maybe are on the precipice of doing something remarkable. I think there's the feeling that Kildare are a coming force in hurling right now. And it's helped. I mean, it's been well documented, the fact that their clubs have gone and played in the Kilkenny League system at underage level. And that's helped to sharpen things a little bit as well. And maybe we'll be talking about Kildare as a model for some other counties who are trying to develop because they are bringing themselves up the, the hurling totem pole right now. Kildare are a dual county now. Is that what we're saying? Well, are we going with that? That's what you're saying. Not, could, you, uh, could you imagine a situation, Shane, if the Kildare footballers were to end up in Division 3? Albeit, I think they are still going to stay up in Division 2 and their hurlers were to be in Division 1. At that point, do we start talking <laughs> about Kildare being a hurling county by the time Actually, that uh, Connors Park is ready to reopen again? Yeah, you'd be... The difficulty with that is that there'd be a backlash. The burn the sticks thing would uh, travel from Meath down to Kildare, and, um, and another civil war would happen in Kildare GA. So, uh, I think it's you know I I do honestly think that the job that Herdy has done is sensational. It kind of it, it crept up imperceptibly that it had been five years that he's been plugging away there, and you know um, so fair play to him. But it was interesting that they were name checked by Don Logue in the middle of his. Um, bit uh, at the weekend about yeah. the new president and like should there be an injection of cash to some of these counties specifically aimed at nourishing hurling I think there should be in Antrim I mean they should be able to get their own house in order because it's such a big county and there's massive population and there's loads of money floating around and it's the same Kildare but actually if you need to license 10 or 15 coaches to go in for a generation and go we want you to be first tier yeah. because Bigger audiences, more people, more counties, spread the love. I, I don't know. And then, and then you have, what about me? What about mine? I've been there for years. I'm the prodigal son. You're killing the... F-. So, like, you know, you open a can of worms. Let's move on before I get any more into that. The next one. Leash at 12. Leash. Westmead yeah, 11. Antrim 10. Wexford are on 9. Dublin up 1 on 8. Waterford down 1 on 7. Yeah, so Leash dropped to 12th on the back of losing the most important game of their season on the Sunday just gone by where they played against Antrim in what was effectively a relegation playoff semi-final. Uh, Conal Cunning scored 110 for Antrim. They moved the ball around really well. Uh, they're guaranteed of Division 1 status now for the 2024 season after beating Leash by a couple of goals, 318 to 118. I've put Westmead in 11th because Westmead, to their credit, had a lot of injuries this year. Didn't have their captain, Killian Doyle, who was their main player against Limerick at the weekend. They beat Cork in the second half half of their game just before the break and they drew the second half against Limerick on the weekend just gone by. No Niall Mitchell currently either so they've got injuries a bit like uh, Waterford that they need to try and get healed up ahead of the championship where they're going to have a lot of tough games uh, but Westmead have acquitted themselves reasonably well in a very very difficult Division 1A and I kind of fancy Westmead to win the playoff against Leash in two weeks time. Antrim go up a place to 10th on the back of beating Leash and being safe and now knowing they can go into the Leinster Championship knowing they'll be playing top flight hurling Wexford I was uh, listening to Sarah Donovan chatting to you guys yesterday and like Lee Chin made such a difference to that Wexford team at the weekend against Cork albeit Cork did switch their side around a little bit and Cork trailed in that game for 69 minutes to Wexford Wexford would be so disappointed that they didn't get two points on the board at Porky Cueve and then you look at the injuries they've picked up it's been a costly defeat as well where Conor McDonald, Damien Reck, Limo McGovern Matthew O'Hanlon went off O'Hanlon had deputised really well in at the full back position with Liam Ryan currently out with a hand injury as well and then you saw Dio Keefe was just limping around 
for the last 10 minutes or so trying to just be a player that could stand in at full forward that's a lot of key players and they haven't had Rory O'Connor during the season either it was a good response given that they conceded 6.25 against Clare in the previous game in the home ground at Wexford Park to go to Porky Cueve and to perform as well as they did but I wonder if some of these injuries are now aggravations how much that might affect them in the Leinster Championship that's the thing isn't it yeah. yeah, currently you're kind of thinking Dublin might just finish ahead of them in Leinster. Well, uh, Sarah, maybe doubt myself about that, that maybe Michal O'Donnell's plan isn't a one-year thing. It's not an immediate bounce. It's a put structures in place, build slowly, as opposed to try and have some kind of um, great escape. And actually, if those players, again, we'll have to wait and see what the team sheet is like, and then we'll have to see if they make it through the first 30 minutes and they're not just taking a risk on them so okay that's that page anything else on that page you want to talk to us about uh, I think Dublin again it's just their dependency on Donald Burke like he has been the man to watch because of spectacular points he's been putting over in the league so far again he scored 11 points against Kilkenny were you not worried Dublin were really limp yeah were you not worried about the fact the, that Kilkenny just essentially handled them like they traditionally do they always thanks very much do. for the game but actually this is not important to us yeah, last three games they played against Kilkenny, Kilkenny bullied them off the pitch. And at the weekend, one thing to note for Kilkenny, didn't hit a single wide in the first half, which is very impressive. It's a very different efficiency to what we've seen from Dublin, who seem to shoot from everywhere during the National Earning League so far. I think their forward line is a little bit short right now. That's the problem further down the line for Dublin. Scale on the pod last night was quick to point out that Miguel O'Donoghue's first year with Galway, he ran the S out of them in pre-season and they were doing a lot of heavy training during the league, which he felt actually was a big part of their lack of performances in the league that year but in championship they managed to get their performances and right so maybe Dublin are in a very heavy block of training at the moment Well more importantly did uh, Skell's Maz insistence that he not curse mean that he said they ran the S out of us or did he actually No well like considering on the bonus episode last week uh, Skell said horseshit four different times when he was responding to a listener comment <laughs> uh, meant that he did not learn his lesson I think during the first half of the pod he was reasonably well behaved and then next thing, I think I may well have enabled them because there were a few comments that came in going, just let Skell swear, it's a podcast, let him loose. And next thing, horseshit came out multiple times uh, when someone suggested that the Munster final was important to Limerick last year. And then I think Skell backed down and apologised to the same listener this week. Okay. So Amazing. He's learning, he's learning. The way the, uh, the league champions last year, Waterford, down in, uh, was it seven you had them? Well, like yeah, they had the place. shipping few goals returns. for fun and Austin Leeson injured now as well, so which, which isn't great for them. Yeah, I mean, a few concerns. The game at the weekend, Tipperary against Waterford at Thurles, was the best game we've seen in the league so far. Mm. There was a real kind of needle and intensity about that game. And it only really ran away from Waterford after Jamie Barron was sent off. Now, that's an issue in itself. Waterford are picking up red cards throughout the league. Uh, It's been hurting their performances and making games more difficult for them. And then they conceded 3-8 to 6 points in the last 15 minutes of the game. And that's a concern for Waterford. But the game was a bit closer maybe than the final scoreline would suggest. Problems would be... I don't know about Desi Hutchinson in this withdrawn role. For me, Desi Hutchinson, play him a corner forward. Let him be a player going off the shoulder of the last defender. Let his runs drag around a full back line. I don't know if he's as effective coming out the field. And then Stephen Bennett, who this time last year was in everybody's fancy hurling team because of the scoring that he was doing on Waterford's run to winning the league. He hasn't scored from play so far in the league. And that's a big concern. His free-taking is still quite good. And then Ozzie Gleeson comes in to start at the weekend and then he picks up a hamstring injury which has put him out for four weeks. Jar's already mentioned their lengthy injury list. To have Conor Prunty and Austin Gleeson out for probably the start of the Munster Championship is far from ideal. So you just kind of wonder, there's a combination of things there, both the injuries yeah. and also the system has meant it hasn't quite clicked just yet. Hamstring injuries obviously also notoriously difficult to come back from in the same way 
in the middle of the championship. Let's move on to uh, page one. So Clare six, tip five, Galway four, Cork three, Kilkenny two, Limerick one. This is all wrong, Will, by the way, but uh, Clare are down oh. two to six, even though they've got their players back. Tip up two to five, Galway down one, Cork up two to three, Kilkenny unchanged as your second best team, which is clearly wrong, oh, and Limerick, Limerick uh, number one. Yeah. So, Clare, obviously, the disappointment is that they let that seven-point lead slip against Galway at the weekend. Very, very rare occasion um, where you've got Tony Kelly not scoring at all at the weekend. Given uh, Tony played like a remarkable pass to me and for the assist, which was probably one of the moments of the weekend. But for Tony Kelly not to score is completely remarkable, really. And Galway took control of that game in the second half against Clare. It's very hard to know. Clare have been up and down in the league so far. If you were to look at the two most significant games that they played, Away to Limerick, with the exception of the bit of a second-half comeback, they were convincingly beaten. They lost the second half quite comprehensively against Galway at home at the weekend. And I think you're probably judging it slightly on that. I still like this Clare team, and as Jarrah's mentioned, a lot of their main players are coming back in. And they played some lovely hurling in the first 15 minutes when Galway allowed them to do so. Uh, John Conlon just walking out with the ball at different stages in Ennis at the weekend. But I just kind of wonder at this stage whether Clare are quite clicking just yet. Again, you got to bear in mind, they play Cork this weekend. They probably would reckon that Limerick are going to qualify. So Clare will go off and do a mini training block probably after their last round of the league this weekend. And maybe they come flying into Munster like they did last season where they were so, so impressive and pushed Limerick to the pin of their collar. But at the moment, they look like they're just a little bit back in that level last year. Tipperary, I think you got to respect what they've been doing so far. They're averaging 33 points a game. That not, forward not line just them has enough, so many options. Not respecting them enough to put them up to like second or third here. How are they behind Cork? <sighs> well, Cork have won four games from four. I mean, albeit the last two games were against a Wexford team with quite a few injuries and Westmead. I take that into account. But this is a Cork team who've won away from home, put four goals past Galway in Salt Hill and came from behind to beat Limerick in the first game and are doing so in Division Jeez, 1A. You're the captain of the Cork hype train here, Will. Like, I know. You have Cork I, fans booking off the day after the All-Ireland Final at this rate. Not quite that, but I was slightly on the on the hype train last year after the Kilkenny game. I really thought after that semi-final in the league, it was like, you know what, Cork actually have... All this hurling talent, but they've managed to just add that work rate to it as well and a little bit of steel. And then I went down to Thurlis to cover the league finals and Waterford just ran through them for sport. And I got concerned at that point. And obviously that form carried somewhat into Munster. And they never quite got back to that level that they seemed to be at at the semi-final of the league. And so they didn't push on to get to an All-Ireland final by the end of the year. But I think, I think Cork at the moment, it's fair to put okay. them in the top three based well, on what they've done. Uh, Colin wants me to mention Liam Cowell's management style and the... Um the goal focus that they have which yeah. obviously we saw last year from Waterford in the league and it's definitely something like Tipperary have an explosive forward line now again uh, I don't know has there been an update on Callan's injury and how long he's going to be gone for but he looks fit and he looks sharp and I'm sure his influence around the place and training is good for everybody else when they're trying to blend and meld that group that they have so maybe his injury keeps them away from that I, I, I actually think that it should be uh, Limerick on top obviously and then I'd have Clare and Tip and Kilkenny on a second tier that it's difficult to separate and then underneath the fence, you have to put them in the position okay well I I would go Clare second on the basis that they got the closest to Limerick last year and that there's no reason for me to think that uh, there's anything going there and I'd have Tip behind them and I'd have Kilkenny behind them and then I'd have Cork and Galway on a, a level 
underneath that. But they're, they're Larry Burr's rankings, not mine. <laughs> no, and like on the tip goal point, that is a very good one. I mean, obviously at the weekend, we saw them score goals for sport. And uh, similarly, they were incredibly efficient in front of goal away from home against Kilkenny in two of the most important games, Kilkenny and Waterford, that they faced in 1B. Like Jake Morris has played four games so far, lads, this year. He scored 5-5 from play. Uh, so in there, they're calling him the new Lar at this point because he wears the same helmet, the same socks, and he's got a very similar shooting style <laughs> and grip style on his hurl. I'm not sure he's quite at Lar levels yet, but Jake Morris is really coming to the fore early in the year. Okay. And even if Callanan is missing, Jason Ford can carry that scoring thread in the same way that Callanan has. And seems ready and for it as well. Some, yeah. yeah, they've melded some of those young players into that forward line as well. We're not even talking about Limerick because there's no need. They're, they're going to win the All-Ireland final by no, 10 just, points. Just Dermot Burns and Aaron Galan coming back at the weekend yeah. against Westmead. To be able to bring them in when you see that Hegarty's not going to play, but Dermot Burns is in to start. Galan got to come on for a few minutes. They've slowly but surely just kind of worked these players back in yeah. uh, with some of them coming in late. And we haven't even seen Declan Hannan so far. Mm. Um, they're captains. So the, they, they look really well set up. Yeah. In the immortal words of Gaza, I was, it wasn't bad, was it? Come here. Um, we, we, on a completely different note, uh, it looks like the Offaly Tipperary game is going to go ahead this weekend in the league and you know for the uh, competition's integrity it's really important for Tipperary to have the opportunity to win those points from Offaly's perspective you know they're not in a relegation battle really and they're not going to promote it really so um, you know very difficult circumstances in the wake of Liam Kern's passing um, so you know it's a, it is a difficult situation but it feels like that's the only thing they could have done yeah, I think so. I mean, it's incredibly raw currently for the Offaly players because as many people have probably been reading or hearing about over the last 24 hours that Liam Kern spent a couple of hours uh, with the Offaly football panel on Sunday morning. And I was talking to some of the players on Sunday night. It was actually a player who had texted me first who had uh, heard about it. And I was just completely shocked by the news on Sunday evening as it was starting to emerge. And the feeling was that they wanted to go forward this weekend and to play the game against Tipperary. Offaly's Division 3 status is already already consolidated but there is still that outside opportunity of going for promotion and because of the way the table is looking in Division 3 right now with Fermanagh down in Westmead also in contention to join Cavan in a league final it's important that this game is played and played this weekend because there's not really a window to play it ahead of the last weekend if it was to be pushed back uh, by a few days so my understanding is right now that Martin Murphy and John Rouse will take joint control of Offaly for this current weekend and that they're very keen to go and get a result on the back of what's been a very difficult week for the team because they've also involved in a big fundraiser which is coming up in a few weeks time and um, the late Liam Kearns was even in a video which I think was shot late last week and it had to be pulled at the weekend after the tragic news and uh, they had played Leash in a challenge game on Friday and I think a lot of people are still just coming to terms with the very sudden nature of the fact that Liam has passed away as well but um, that looks like it's going to be a two o'clock throw in I see Shane Brophy from the Nina Guardian has reported that the game has been uh, brought forward so it's no longer clashing with the rugby it was due to be on at 6pm uh, so it looks like an afternoon start in Semple State Stadium and given the affection that there is for Liam Kearns in Tipperary after their run to an All-Ireland semi-final in 2016, I would think that uh, both support, both sets of supporters uh, a neighbourly clash of the weekend uh, will be keen to pay tribute to Liam Kearns before that game at the weekend as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, good stuff. Thanks for joining us this morning. Cheers. Cheers, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.